Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. I've been thinking about, about this thing, seasons of transition. Seasons of transition. Um, has anybody ever been through a season of transition in their life? <laughs> I don't believe the rest of you. It's like, oh no. Transition is part of life. Transition. We go through change. We transition out of one season into another, out of one situation into another. Sometimes they're big transitions, sometimes they're, they're smaller transitions. But we all go through transition. We change, and yet one of the hardest things for people to do is to change. One of the hardest things. We all think we'd like to only go to this because this is popping like crazy. So you just take out my headset, thank you, and put up the MC. Thank you very much. And um, one of the hardest things to do is to change. There's something on the inside of us which resists transition. Because we're creatures of habit. Because once you've done it for a month, you do it for the rest of your life. This is why to, to bring transition and change in your life, you need to either have the most incredible encounter with something which affects you emotionally and physically and sort of bam, everything changes. Or you need to just keep doing the same thing over and 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 over again until you've retrained yourself. Yeah, it's one or the other. This is why an encounter with God is so important. But even if you don't have an encounter with God, you can still change. Because you can just keep doing it over and over and over and over and over until you force the change. So you want to think differently. Well, you, you just need to keep saying the thing that you want to change into over and over and over and over and over. And obviously make sure that it's God's Word because His Word is spirit and truth and life and that can get right down on the inside of you. But you either have something that completely affects you emotionally and physically and, and absolutely just explodes in your life. Or you just have to do something over and over and over. But transition can sometimes be planned and sometimes come upon you. It can be unexpected or it can be desired. And um, there's an incredible account of a transition really in the third chapter of Joshua where it says this from verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from Acacia Grove and they came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they crossed over. <clears throat> so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites carrying it, that you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and the ark, about 2,000 cubits. Don't come near the ark, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you've not passed this way before. This is all new to you. This is new. There's no, there's no history for this. There's no manual. There's no, oh, I, I can go to somebody else. They've done it before. This is all new. 
There's a lot of new going on in the world today. There's a lot of new. There's a lot of things that we've not been this way before. We've not experienced this. Now, some things, yeah, you know, people say, oh, it's never been like this before. And you can look back in history and yeah, it, history repeats itself. But there's also a sense that it's new for me. And it's new for you. You've not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. What do you say tomorrow? tomorrow? For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. <laughs> oh, then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant, cross over in front of the people, before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant. Of the covenant, they went out before the people, and the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, I will be with you. How we go through transition can show the world that we have a God and that He is our Emmanuel, God with us. How we go through the seasons of life is the greatest display that we have a personal Saviour. Hello? So today I want to speak on your future is bright. <laughs> your future is bright. Transition, we need to leave some things behind to step into what God has for us. We need to face up to some things. We need to embrace some things. Transition is always a time of challenge because there, as I've said, there's something in people that wants to stay put. When transition is forced upon us, we can cry about it. We can get upset about it. We can campaign against it. We can step back away from it. We can wish we were back in the good old days. But the fact remains, transition is here. And God is a God who moves forwards. Therefore, we are a people who move forwards. In this passage, we have this incredible account where there was a new leader. And it was his job to lead people out what they'd been in for 40 years. What a job. <laughs> what a job. I wouldn't want to wish that on anybody. Yes, the people had known him, but he'd not been the number one. He'd been the number two, as it were, and everybody had followed, <laughs> well, sort of, the previous leader, and yet he had died. Now what? The one that's led us for 40 years has gone. Now what do we do? Well, God's prepared and he'd already got a plan for Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. But they've been going around and round and round and round in a desert for 40 years. And it was this man's job to lead them into the promised land. You could say this out with the old and in with the new out with the familiar and in with the unusual. Out of one way of living into another way of living. 
But the good news is that God spoke into it and said, tomorrow I'm going to do wonders. So the good news today is tomorrow is going to be wonderful. Wonderful. Is there anybody that's going to believe with me today that your tomorrows are going to be full of wonder? Going to be full of wonder. You see, I don't know what you're facing and you might think it's full of hardship. But I want to declare over your life today, and there is a prophetic edge to this today, that your tomorrows are going to be full of wonder. 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 The wonder of Almighty God. One version says, tomorrow I'm going to amaze you. <laughs> Come on. Tomorrow is going to be full of wonder. Tomorrow is going to be full of stuff that is going to amaze you and those people around you. Amazing. How did that ever happen? Just yesterday we were in a desert and today we're in promised land. Just yesterday, we were in hardship and today we're in abundance. Just yesterday, I was sick, but today I'm healed. Just yesterday, I didn't know what to do. And today, it's as if God has made a way where I didn't even know there was a way. Just yesterday, we had a challenge that we didn't know what to do with. And today, I opened the windows, I opened the door and I, can't, and I don't see a mountain anymore. I see a plane before my life because the mountains move. Just yesterday was a challenge and today is a victory. Just yesterday was sickness and today is healing. Wonderful tomorrows. Wonderful tomorrows. Oh, I'd love to go to Ecclesiastes right now and it says um, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to hate. And a time to love. A time for war and a time for peace. I mean, didn't that speak of a life just pendulum swinging? There's a time for this and a time for that. But in all of it, we have Emmanuel who walks through every situation with us. And even if you go through the fire, tomorrow you're going to be out on dry land. You're going to flood. You're going to be out on dry land. You're going to be out the fire without even the smell of smoke upon your life. Tomorrow I will do wonders among you. Now just think of 40 years. 40 years. Talk about conditioning. 40 years of desert. That's 39 years, 11 months and two weeks, too long. <laughs> it's only supposed to take two weeks. Walking out through the Red Sea, all the enemies are drowned. Two-week walk into the Promised Land. 40 years later, they're still there. But tomorrow, I will do wonders among you. And 
Today I want to talk about just some things for us to go into our wonderful tomorrow. Our wonderful tomorrow. Point number one. Prepare your heart. I am believing God that as a result of this word, some people are going to come out of what they've been in. You can have it if you want it. (laughs) You can have it if you want it. It says to prepare your heart. You see, Joshua sent out the commanders round not to just stir a bit of emotion, not to just say, hey guys, we're going tomorrow. First thing they said was this. Well, one of the things they said was this, sanctify yourself. It's an old word that really means get prepared. Prepare yourself. Be ready for what God is going to do. Sanctify yourself. Prepare your heart. The heart is the most important thing in our lives. It's where, the, it's where God's life flows out from. It's where, it's, it's where God lives and breathes. It's where faith is built. It's where strength comes from, which is your joy on the inside. But, but we still need to do some preparation. We need to prepare ourselves. We need to prepare our heart for what is coming. Now you only prepare for what you expect. I did like a four-part series years ago on the power of preparation. You only prepare for what you expect is going to happen. You don't prepare for something you think is never going to happen. You only prepare for what you expect. And I want to encourage us today to start to prepare for something. Because our tomorrows are going to be full of wonder and amazement. So we've got to prepare for what we expect. Are you expecting God to do amazing things or are you expecting God to stay in the problem? Expect God to do amazing things. If we are expecting God to do amazing things, it will show in what we're preparing for. What we're preparing for. To prepare your heart, to sanctify yourself, to make yourself ready, to stir your faith, to stir your expectation. The Bible says, out the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So I'm going to know what's inside. You're going to know what's inside the heart, depending on what's coming out the mouth. Because the mouth speaks out the abundance of the heart. So if I'm, if I'm prepared and expecting something on the inside, then I'm going to be prepared and expecting something in my conversation. Hello? It's a bit quiet in here today. <laughs> I'm going to be prepared in my conversation. I'm going to be having conversations about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it and where it's going to go and what's going to happen. If I'm preparing my heart... If I'm preparing my faith, if I'm preparing my expectation, then that's going to be displayed in my life. Very quickly, number two, there are times when we need to walk away. Look at someone and say, prepare your heart. Look at someone else and say, walk away. Walk away. Now, 
I love this. I would love to spend the whole morning on this, but we're just not going to. They, they had to walk away from Acacia Grove. And Acacia Grove was a place of bad memory. Bad memory. It was a place where years earlier, the previous, the fathers of these guys got it very wrong. If you go back to Leviticus, which is like years earlier, this is where these guys' parents got it very wrong. They went off with the wrong women and caused an absolute disaster, an absolute mess. And yet God brought them back and they camped for three days at Acacia Grove. And there's something so powerful about that. It's saying there's something that you need to walk away from that's not going to have its grip on you like it had its grip on your generations before you or your history or your previous experience. Man, there's so much I would love to say about there are times we need to walk away. You're not going to mess up where other people messed up. There was a great, I don't know if it was a book or a, or a sermon, but I heard it as a preach, but Pastor Paul Scanlon did a book, I think it was, I Am Not My Father. I Am Not My Father. And for him, that was a whole testimony about how there'd been a lifestyle through the generations and he gave his life to Christ and he said, I am not that. I am not that. That is not going to destroy me like it's destroyed generations before me. I'm not going to think the same way that they thought. I'm not going to act the same way that they thought. I'm not going to do what my dad did. I'm not going to do what has been done and what was the mindset. I'm not going to have the same stinking thinking that they had for generations in my own mind because now I've got the mind of Christ. I'm not going to have the victim mentality that they moaned about. I was raised up saying, we're this, we're that. We're just poor. We just can't afford this. We just can't do that. No, we just can't. No, we just can't. You... No, 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 no. I'm not going to allow that to affect my presence. I am not what I've been raised up in. I refuse to think the way the generations thought. There are times we need to walk away from mistakes. We've all made mistakes. And doesn't the enemy love to remind us of the mistakes we've made? I don't know, perhaps you can just think about some little mistakes. Perhaps you've got some pretty big ones. Perhaps there's a, a family situation that was just a huge mistake. What can God ever do with that? Because of the mistake I made. Perhaps you made a mistake in your business which means you lost everything. Just a mistake. What can God ever 
do with that. Well, tomorrow, God is going to work wonders and amaze you in the very situations where you made mistakes. Because I thank God that my God is a God who doesn't hold our mistakes up in front of our lives as some kind of reminder that, look, you're just carnal. You're just a problem. You're just a mess. Look at what you did last time. Just keep you humble. Keep you humble. Look, you should have done that, but you did this. Look, look, look. Just keep you humble. No, God is not a God who holds up your mistakes in front of you. God is a God who covers them in His blood and removes them out of your life and says, come on, you may have fallen over, but pick yourself up, dust yourself up and walk again. And walk again. Sometimes you've got to walk away from the mistakes and stop, keep going back to them in regret as an excuse as to why you can't achieve today. Sometimes you've got to walk away from past hurts. Past hurts. You see, the thing with hurts is they hurt. Hello? But the good thing about hurt is that once the hurt has gone, you don't remember the pain. I've talked to my wife about having babies. Hello? I've talked to her about it. And you know what? There's something that happens that you remember it hurt, but you don't, you don't remember the pain. Hello? I remember I put my spine out a few times, lifting things and doing things I shouldn't have done. And, and the pain. I mean, I was four days on the floor of my lounge about three years ago, four years ago, screaming in pain literally screaming. We had to tell the neighbours, you just have to think there's nothing going on in here. Because <laughs> the pain was excruciating. But you know what? I can't remember that pain today. can't remember. I can remember it hurts. Hello? But some people want to keep their pain alive. And how they do it is they keep going back and prodding the place that was hurt. Because people like the attention that they get when they're in pain. Is this all right? They like the attention and the attention, they need the attention more so they put up with the pain. But God wants to say, walk away. Walk away from the pain. Walk away from the hurt. Don't let it be alive in your life anymore. I mean, there's so much. You know, you need to go to the throne room. That's the place you deal with pain. You go to the throne room and let God, by His grace, touch those areas of your life. Now, the good thing is, you'll have a testimony. You'll have a testimony. You'll have a testimony. Jesus went, first thing he did was he showed scars. He didn't show wounds, he showed scars. Because God did something with the wounds, he healed them up. But they become a testimony. You got to walk away from past failures. Past failures. That's different from mistakes. 
There's something the enemy wants to use about failure. You failed. Well, I learned a long time ago, if I never fail at anything, I've never risked anything. I've never tried anything. Now, thank God we are promised success. Yeah? But not in the absence of failure. Doesn't say everything you do is going to be perfect. It says everything you do, you're going to come out in success. But there may be all sorts of journeys in there. All sorts of journeys in there. Failure is something that is a part of life. And it's dependent really on how much risk you take. And I want to encourage you to take risks. Not uncalculated risks, not stupidity, but risk that says, but for God, but I know what God has said. Some people play life way too safe. Way too safe. It's like, no, I'm just going to have everything battened down. Why? Because I failed before. I don't want to fail again. Well, if you, if you have that sort of a mentality, you're never going to achieve anything. You're never going to be anything. Because God wants us to step out there and walk on the water. He wants us to move forwards. He wants us to, to see some walls come down. We've been singing today about breakthrough. There will be victory. But there also needs to be a stepping out. So you need to walk away, mistakes, hurts, failures. And can I say failure is nothing to be ashamed of. Let's pull the sting out of it. I love to talk to people that I can learn from their lives. What did you do? How did you do it? Where did it go wrong? Where did it go right? I don't just want to hear from somebody that, that has never had to be rescued. Hello? I want to hear from people that had to be rescued out of that family situation. Had to be rescued out of that financial situation. Had to be rescued, <coughs> excuse me, out of, that, out of that work situation. What did God do? Because it's really clear in God's Word. God is not expecting us to get it right all the time, but he is expecting us to turn to him. Are you with me today? Yes. What else? Number three, very quickly. Number three, we need to follow his presence. Um, the word of God to the people of Israel on that day was the ark will go out before you. Keep your eyes on the ark. Look at somebody and say, prepare your heart. Yes. Look at someone else, say, walk away. Now look at three people and say, follow His presence. Follow His presence. Follow his presence. As I was thinking about this, it really sort of, there was a containment that went on. God said, isn't it easy to just want to run into the promised land? Just run in. But He said, don't run ahead of God. Don't run ahead of the presence of God. Let the presence of God go first. And I want to encourage you today and encourage myself to let 
God's presence go before you. What does that mean? Well, faith goes first. Your prayer goes first. See, people often step into something and then start praying. No, pray first. (laughs) Pray first. Soak it in prayer. Get God's Word and be prophesying into it way before you step in. Be prophesying in, be speaking in God's Word. Be, Be declaring your expectation. Let the presence of God go first. As a church, we're really stirring up and upping the things of prayer in the church. Been having a, a talk with Abin Boller and Faluke, prayer pastors here in Citygate. And um, we're going to be starting a night prayer. We're going to be starting a men's prayer and a ladies' prayer. And it's because we want to walk into some stuff. We want to walk into some stuff. We're also starting for people. Obviously, anybody can come and be part of that and we'll have that once a month or whatever's going on. We'll advertise that and the details. We're also going to be kicking off a prayer for businesses in the church where we want to come in to your business. There's certain criteria there. If it's not yours, we need permission and all that sort of stuff. But to pray for you in your business. Really exciting things. Why? Because we want the presence of God to go first. Hello? We want the Word of God to go in there. We want the presence of God to go in. We want, we want a prophetic Word to come in right into the middle of, of your situation. As a church, as we move forwards in the things of God and in, and in you know, things we're going for property and different things, we want to be speaking the Word of God. We want the presence of God to go first. I don't want to be scooting off ahead and then over my shoulder thinking, now where's God gone? Hello? Where's God gone? Just because we're running off into stuff left, right and centre. Can I just say we've never run ahead of God as a church? We have never run ahead of God. We've kept in step with God over 26 years and we're not going to start to do our own thing now. But I do believe it's time to speak into our future. Let's let the presence of God go first. Number four, let the fight begin. Let the fight begin. Now they'd had a little bit of fight in the early days of the desert, but really that wasn't anything compared to what they were heading into. And they had five years of battle. There was no real opposition in the desert. Some people, oh no, I just live an easy life, really. Well, it sounds like to me, you must be living in a desert. Because when you start to take ground, the opposition will be stirred up. But the fight begins when you walk in. The fight begins. 
and there is a spiritual battle taking place. It's a bit of a different Sunday morning this morning. It's not just a, I don't know, a stir up or an encouragement. This is something, guys, there's a battle on. There is a fight on for your future. And all the time you live in the desert, um, life is comfortable in the desert. I know it doesn't sound like it is because it's a desert, but how do you know the grace and the love of God is amazing? There was manna and quail. But the manna and quail were as a result of disobedience. Thank God for the manna and quail, but too many Christians want to live on manna and quail. Just something falling out of heaven. No, God said, you're going in, you're going to have to rob the bees and milk the cows. Milk and honey. You, you're going to have to clear out the enemy. And it's a good fight. We covered the other week about run the race, keep the faith, fight the good fight and all that. It's a good fight, but let the fight begin. The fight starts when you walk into your promised territory. And you say, come on, we're going to take some ground. And I don't know, perhaps some people are thinking, oh, this is the last thing I want to be doing right now is, is sort of taking territory. I just want to survive. No, we're not of those who just survive. We're those who, 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 who press in, who walk in, who advance and take the territory that God has for our lives. Finally, as we close today, possess your promises. Look at someone and say, prepare your heart. Look at someone else and say, walk away. Look at someone else and say, follow His presence. Let the fight begin. Possess your promises. That's what this is all about. You know, we take possession of the territory God has for us. And there's always more territory to get. There's always more to lay hold of. Your territory is your influence, the place where you live in your life. It's that, it's that next step. It's that large place that God has for you. Taking the territory God has for your life, whether that's as an individual, as a family, whether it's us, a Citygate church, it's, it's possessing the territory that God has for us. It's the big picture stuff. What has God got for my life? What am I going to press into? What am I too comfortable in? What am I just having to, it's just there. I'm not going to deal with it. Just going to cope with it. Come on, what is, where is the territory that God has called you to walk into? Is it ministry? There are too many comfortable people in the world today who aren't prepared to sacrifice their 12 yoke of oxen like Elisha. They've had a touch from the presence of God, but they want to keep ploughing. I remember when it was sort of thrown on me and it was completely unexpected. I was a drummer in a rock band. I thought I'd be doing that. You know, going around doing stuff for God and Christian gigs and, and I had a good job in London and I was working there and I can remember the day when somebody said, you got to do this. And it was to plant a new church the next day. The next day. Worship leader. That's, that's all I was going to be, worship leader. 
That's not a put down for worship leaders. That, but that was it. And I can remember I was faced with the challenge and I knew I had to burn some oxen that day. Because there was a bigger picture for my life. There's a bigger picture. You see, if you go back 30 years, everybody wanted to plant a church. Now everybody wants to start a business. It's a different mentality today. No one's wanting to plant a church because they've seen all the heartache from the last 30 years of all the churches that are planted and closed and planted and closed. I still believe in planting churches. I still believe in planting churches. And there are some teens and some 20s in Citygate Church that need to know the territory that God is speaking into their life. There are people who just want to live the comfortable life now. We live in such a consumer, comfortable society. If it's uncomfortable, I don't want to do it. Can I say this? To plant a church is the most painful thing. To lead a small group. I know we're always going on about, oh, it's awesome and it's great. Can I tell you it's painful? Can I tell you that? It's painful because people come and people go. To step into that place where you say, well, I'm not just going to build more and more barns, bigger, bigger barns in my life. There's a parable that talks about bigger barns being built. But actually, I'm going to put my life into the kingdom of God. I'm actually going to see the kingdom of God as something as a higher priority for my life than my own comfort. And my own decisions. I'm going to make my decisions now in the light of the kingdom of God. I mean, these are, these are big decisions to make. But there are people here, perhaps even today, there's a bigger picture for your life. Possess your territory. Possess your territory. Stand up and be counted for eternity. Lay hold of the territory that God has for your life. It could be God has spoken to you and you're just really secure, really because of fear perhaps that, no, I'm just going to be an employee for the rest of my life. Well, that's great. Most of the world are employees, but perhaps God has said to you, you know what? I've called you to lead. I've called you to start your own business. I've called you to... I've called you out there on the waves. We sing a song, don't we, about God's called me out onto the waters. God's called you out onto the waters of, of no, you know what? I'm going to trust God in some stuff. Is anybody getting anything today? Possess your territory. And possess, I had it in my notes, I think it's lifestyle. It just sounds so, so twee, but possess what God has promised you for your everyday life. Do not accept second best. 
Yeah, but it's safe in the desert. I'm fed in the desert. Well, you got to go and get some carrots. You know the carrots they had were the size of your arm? Literally, they were this long. Huge harvests. Huge harvests. God has got so much more than what any of us are experiencing right now. Ah, oh, but Pastor Jay, how am I ever going to afford a house? How am I ever going to do that? Have you seen how much? I walked past the estate agents yesterday and I just thought I'd, I'd have another look. Three beds, semi-detached house, so-and-so, 1.05 million quid. Oh, that really upsets God, you know. God didn't know what to do with that. How, is, how are you ever going to do that? Jehovah Jireh, guys. Seed in the ground. Seed in the ground. Blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Possess what God has for your everyday life. Go after it. Oh, there you go, Pastor Jay. You're just going off on health and wealth again. Yep. Because I thank God that on the cross he became poor that I might become rich. And I thank God that on the cross by his stripes I was healed. So if he's provided it, I'm going to lay hold of it. I'm going to get some of it. You better believe I am. Let's all stand to our feet today. Uh, bit of a different day today. Bit of a different message. Bit of a different, different time. But tomorrow God's going to do wonders. Wonders, 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 wonders. Wonders. Prepare for a wonderful tomorrow. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, we thank You, Lord, that Your Word is full of transitions out of one thing into another. And Lord, today we lay hold of that. We believe it. We receive it. We lay hold of the transitions you have for our lives. Lord, no matter what's gone on before us, no matter what decisions, mistakes, failures, hurts, no matter what parents, no matter what financial situation, no matter what mindset, Lord God, we bring it all into expectation for the future. Lord, we prepare our heart today by faith to walk into your best, to walk into a new day, a large place of rich fulfilment. But Father, today we reprioritize some things in our lives and we thank you, Lord God, that the territory before us is really what we need to be focusing on. The territory before us, the land that you've shown us. As a church, the buildings, the campuses, the church plants. 
Lord, we know you're going to show yourself strong and do far abundantly above all we can ever ask or imagine. But Lord, we're still going to prepare for that which we can see. Lord, you're doing something awesome here. In faith, in prayer, in unity, in agreement, in, in, in finances, in signs and wonders and miracles and expectation and small groups and the youth and the young adults. But Father God, we see the greater territory that there is for us to lay hold of. Lord, you said to Joshua, arise and cross over. So today, Father God, as an act of faith, we arise in Jesus' Name. We arise, we rise up to walk in to that which You have for us. In Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Can we give some faith praise right now? Is that okay? Hallelujah.